Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe. I'm so excited to have Erin on today. Some of you guys may know her from her blog, which is amazing. I I know I've told you this before, Erin, but your writing is so good and you always have such beautiful words. I actually, I've said this to her before, but I think your writing above anybody else like sticks out to me. I I honestly can't say that about anyone else. So welcome and thanks for being here. Thank you. All except for my grammar, but we can look past that. (laughs) Who needs to know about that? (laughs) Um, And she's at my beautiful blunder, by the way, for anybody who um, isn't already familiar. So I wanted you to come on today to tell us a little bit about your story through your fertility journey and, you know, how you got to where you're you're at today. Um, You have a very unique experience um in lots of different ways but i'll let you share that so um first of all where when and where did you start to know that your fertility may have been an issue for you so we were had just been married as about a year in a little under a year and then we wanted to start trying to have kids and i went off birth control pill that i'd been on since i was 17 and um how old were you at the time when you guys started 26. Sorry. Okay. Um, so we got married and I was 25 ish, 25 and a half. Um, and I, yeah, we just wanted to start trying, wait, was I 26? 26. Yeah. And went off the pill, um, wasn't getting a period and didn't know why I went to the doctor and she basically just said, okay, you're not ovulating. So go to a fertility clinic. So obviously a, you freak out cause you're in your twenties and you're like, wait, what, what does that even mean? Yeah. And that was 10 years ago. So, you know, as much as I think this still needs to be talked about today and brought, um, to fruition a lot more, we, you know, back then there's like, nobody talked about it. I didn't even know what that really was. Yeah. Um, and so we went to the fertility clinic instead of obviously first trying to figure out what was going on with my body and went in did an IUI, which is the intrauterine insemination, because I did have a lot of follicles. They just weren't maturing. Um, so they then weren't releasing and I wasn't ovulating. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, you know, an experiment's great. Let's just do this. And we went ahead and did it. I didn't react to Clomid at all. So I did do menopure shots for an IUI. Um, and then you know, did the whole thing, two week wait when, um, went in for my beta, it was super duper duper high. And, you know, we were lucky enough that we got pregnant with the first IUI, which I know is not as common. Um, but I do want to point that out because so many people think like the stats on IUI are not great or whatever, but it is possible. Like it does happen and it can happen. Oh yeah. I'm my cousin. I know quite a few people that, um, on their first one and have done more than one, like for their second, third, whatever. And it's worked. 
So it definitely can. I think it's just, um, you know, some of it's luck, some of it's the way that you're wired. Um, but we went in, I mean, we were just super duper happy. And then I started bleeding really badly around week six, week six ish. Um, which was, you know, we hadn't gone in for our first ultrasound or anything yet. And I freaked out. So they're like, okay, come in tomorrow. Um, and, and this is us going into everything blindly, meaning like right. we did no research. We've never even, we didn't even want to talk about infertility, like nothing. We're young. We just want to have this baby and keep our heads down. Especially um, your first time around. I feel yeah. like you're so naive, right? You're totally. like, oh, I did IUI and it worked. Awesome. Like exactly. now what? You know? Yeah. I'm like, why is this bleeding? Like, so I thought I was losing mm-hmm. the pregnancy and it was a lot, a lot of blood and oh, no. went in the next morning and found out we had triplets. So that was a shock. <laughs> and did they say during your IUI before, like there's potentially a chance based on how many follicles you had or whatever of like just a heads up or not really? So they kind of mentioned like there might be a chance, you know, you never know, like you could end up having twins or maybe they said multiples to be honest. I don't remember exactly okay. what the word verbiage, which I don't think they ever even said triplets. I don't think that was like a consideration. Yeah. That's definitely a word you would have paid attention to. Totally. Totally. So, but you know, we're thinking like, no way, like we have infertility problems. There's no way we're going to get pregnant with twins. And here we are with triplets. Um, and this was about week seven and a half ish. And so did you freak out when they first said that or were you like, we were really relieved that we didn't lose the pregnant, that we weren't losing the pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we freaked out, but then immediately after they called us into the, you know, their office, into the room with the doctor. And he suggested that we, um, get a medical reduction, mm-hmm. um, which kind of was really, really hard to hear because first of all, I just didn't even know what that was. Um, yeah. second of all, like the process that it entailed was a lot, especially at the time there weren't any clinics that did it where we lived in San Diego. We had to drive to LA to do it. Um, again, we were so young and had no idea what was going on. Um, we just yeah. went through fertility and now we have to terminate one of the embryos, which was, um, kind of hard thing, hard pill to swallow. Of course. Um, you know, we felt shameful because we, um, wanted this so badly and here we are having to do this. So did you ever feel like you had an option at that point? Or was it like, this is what the doctor's saying, so this is what we have to do? So we had an option. Obviously, it was totally up to us. But at the same time, like what he was saying made sense. And to be honest, having my twins, I had them at full term. I had them vaginally. They were tiny, but they were um, completely healthy. Eliana, one of them was just so small. She had to stay in the NICU just to gain weight. Mm-hmm. because I'm just really small. And so they just didn't have enough space to grow. Um, and so what he had, was saying prior to the um, reduction was just that, like, you know, there's a risk that all three of them will not survive if you mm-hmm. try to carry three. And also your health is at risk mm-hmm. by trying to do that because you're just so small. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are things that like, you don't want to hear Mm-hmm. Um, ever. And especially not like at that point where we're just trying to start our family and we're like, Oh my God, like, no, we can't risk that right now. Yeah. Yeah. So while it was kind of like, not, a, I shouldn't say a no brainer, but we kind of knew what we had to do. It was still really hard to say, okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so at nine weeks we did, we drove to LA, we stayed at this little like hotel, went to go do it in the morning and drove home. And really, honestly, I promise you never talked about it again for, mm-hmm. I don't know, probably like eight years. Wow. I, we, my husband literally turned to me and said, I never want to talk about this. I don't want to bring it up. And mm-hmm. he, you know, when you're in the room, like watching them do that, it's just so, Oh my God. I can't even imagine it. it. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Mm, It's hard. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Thank you. Um, yeah. And you're always wondering, you know, like what if, and so we never talked about it. didn't deal with it. Um, what brought it up eight years later? Um, when I, oh, was it eight years? Yeah. When I, when I started to open up on Instagram about everything. Okay. Um, so I had asked for his permission. I was like, do you think it's okay if I bring this up? Cause nobody knew about it. Not even mm-hmm. like our closest friends. It was just mm-hmm. my mom, um, and dad. And he finally said, yes, you know, it, our therapist knew about it, but, um, yeah. So we, he, you know, gave me his permission and, and it, it was so freeing for me. And I, have connected with so many women that have been faced with similar decisions um, and similar paths. And I think it's been really helpful on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he and I are able to talk about it. Not as much. We, you know, we don't like talk about it all the time. He's a little bit more sensitive to it. I think for me, it was like, it was really hard for me, but maybe like living it and and then carrying the twins and realizing how hard everything was on my body post um Mm -hmm. having the twins like I realized wow this was like definitely the right decision for all three of us yeah um so that's where we were with that um fertility so then (laughs) had the babies we I actually had my stomach muscles tore from um, carrying them so I actually and I had a hernia so I had to have um, stomach repair surgery that like six months after giving birth to them mm-hmm. because my back was hurting and I needed to remove, like get rid of the, her- the hernia. Um, so we did that. That was very intense surgery, probably more intense than giving birth to twins vaginally. Yeah. I, I, it was like, I went into that blindly too, which I'm actually really thankful that I did or else I don't think I would have done it. <laughs> um, Again, the, the naivety comes in yeah. handy. Exactly. So did that. Um, and then had a pretty like easy, you know, after that recovery in terms of like my body, I recovered fairly well and lived life. Um, were you having regular periods and stuff? Like, did you, okay. So that's, that's the thing. I wasn't getting a period still. And the doctor, my OB was like, well, you need to have a period. So let's just put you on birth control off and on so that something happens. So you shed your lining once in a while. So I was just on the pill, like off and on. I hated being on it, but like, that was the solution. Nobody yeah. else had said, Hey, let's try and figure out what's actually going right. on. Um, and I didn't either. I didn't even know that, that was a thing or that like, I should, use that you could voice. be advocating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was still very quiet. No, still most people didn't even know we had the twins with um, any fertility mm-hmm. treatments because then I felt like I had to talk about the reduction. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't even want to go there with anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, people were like, Oh, are those natural? And I'm like, yeah, they were like, yeah. I don't, you know? Yeah. And then you get like a sense of guilt, like, because no, they're not, but like, why mm-hmm. does it matter? And like my, you know, then the reduction anyways, it was just like a flood. So as you know, but my husband and I went through a lot of issues and, um, you know, almost called it quits, but thankfully with the help of a therapist and kind of just 
hitting rock bottom kind of thing. Um, we were able to work through everything. And, um, you know, they say infertility brings couples either far apart or closer together. And for us, it kind of did both. Did you, I was just going to ask if you don't mind me asking, yeah, no, no, were no. your issues, did you feel stemming around fertility or not necessarily like it just exacerbated it one yeah. way or the other? I okay. I think it was a little bit of everything combined. I think like the fact that we had fertility issues so young in our marriage and we never talked about like what that meant probably added to a lot of stuff that was already going on um, mm -hmm. with him. I know because he had a lot of things that he had to work through that had nothing to do with me. I mean, that's, I think how most of this stuff is, you know, I think yeah. for a lot of couples, like it, it, there, there's two parts plus there's like, I guess there's three parts, him, you know, or him or her, 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 him, yeah, whatever, yeah. partner, partner together. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where um, the issue lied because we had gone to therapy together, but never, never really separate. And, and he, I think was always going for me and not like for himself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think going and being able to talk about whatever he needed to talk about and get through really, really helped him in turn helping us. Yeah. And the reason I point that out is because it is so common, right? We see it all the time. And most people think, oh, once we have the baby, everything's going to be great. So if you have underlying things, it's going to exacerbate that. If you ha okay. don't, if you're not open and communicating around your fertility, that's going to get exacerbated, right? So really just knowing that it's common and allowing yourself the permission to know that there's probably going to be issues around your marriage that weren't there before mm -hmm. uh, and or putting a magnifying glass on your own stuff or their own stuff that they need to look at. But in the end, if you work towards it, as you guys have seen, like you came out the other side stronger, which yeah, is awesome. We did. And we're very, very lucky and thankful and um, proud of ourselves. I mean, it's still work day in and day out, but like we already know how to communicate. We know what to say. We know how to stand up for ourselves um, should we need to. So that was great. I think that's one of the biggest things from this journey that I take. And I am like so thankful that we ended up on the infertility path because I think had we not, we would have still had these issues in some way or another and maybe just not been able to deal with them. Um, so once we figured ourselves out, <laughs> we realized yeah. we wanted to have another baby and this whole time, like the twins were now six and it wasn't like we weren't trying. We just weren't like actively trying, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously in the back of our, our minds, we're like, well, we're probably going to need fertility treatments. Um, so that was kind of weighing on us um, as well. And then finally, we decided in 2017 to go into the fertility center um, with our doctor's blessing. We decided to just do IVF because just as a funny word, <laughs> yeah. um, because we were fearful of having um, to go through a reduction again. Um, so at that point, we thought that maybe would be our, an issue for us. And went straight into IVF again, blindly, just thought we'd go in, get to pick our baby and have it by December. Um, Cause we went in in September 20 or August, 2017. And no, that didn't happen. Uh -huh. We ended up long story short, doing four egg retrievals, seven transfers, um, had a really long miscarriage. And I went through two different clinics and three different doctors. Um, and so it was a very long journey, but in February, 2020, we had our seventh transfer where that actually worked. And now we have our rainbow baby. 
who is the most gorgeous little girl you have ever seen, by the way. So cute. Oh my God. She's so cute. Um, so backing up to the different clinics and et cetera, et cetera, what, what were the like pivot points for you to say, okay, I need to, we need to go somewhere else or was it during those four retrievals or yeah. What talk us through that a little bit, because I know a lot of people who are listening that are kind of along the same path of like, where, what do, you know, I love my clinic so much or mm-hmm. whatever. Is it me? Is it them? When do I change? So what, what was your story? So I, the way I handled my journey was I would do a retrieval and then whatever I had from there, I would transfer. Um, okay. And that was mainly because we kind of knew we just wanted at that point, one other child. Um, we mm-hmm. weren't necessarily looking to bank to make sure we could build out our family because we did we do have the twins at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did our first retrieval. We ended up with only one PGS um, normal embryo and we transferred that one. It failed. And then the way I operate is like the way I get over things or not get over things, but the way I can move on is by giving me the next steps of where yeah. I start again. Right. Um, very much like go, go, go. Mm-hmm. You know, I have like, I feel like I don't have time on my side. That's just like my personality. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we immediately moved into another transfer and um, I start to have like weird, I don't know, I shouldn't say weird feelings, but you know, I had a couple friends that knew what we we're doing and they're like, do you, you're just going to jump into it. Like, that's it. They don't want to see you. And I'm like, no, they said, it's fine. Like they're emailing me the protocol and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Moved into the next one, did the exact same thing, um, ended up with one, I say one and a half because one embryo was not quite abnormal, but just not the best. It wasn't a mosaic, but it was just, it was transferable, but they're like, it has a kind of a lower grade. Okay. Um, we actually transferred both at once. For some reason, they let me do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was uh, now after my second retrieval. Um, and all these times they're frozen embryos because we did send them off to get tested. Um, that didn't work. And then right away I said, all right, let's just do an IUI. So now after second transfer, are you still feeling pretty hopeful or are you still feeling, are you now feeling like what is happening here? Yeah. I'm feeling confused because you know, like our first IUI worked so well and yeah. granted, this was like seven years later, but mm-hmm. we were thinking like we would be a shoe and we're a good candidate. We're healthy. We're still fairly young. Like, you yeah. know, levels are all fine. Um, and so after that second failed round, we jumped into an IUI because we're like, you know what, at this point, let's just, whatever we'll deal with multiples if we are lucky enough to get them. Yeah. And our IUI failed. I ended up like bleeding and getting a really heavy, um, you know, failed IUI post period. Um, and I remember we were in Hawaii and my husband was just like, we're done. Like we're done for a while because I was so depressed and, um, I didn't want to take a break, but he, you know, we agreed to a three month break, which was amazing. I ended up becoming yoga, um, certified. So it was a really, it was actually a really good break and I needed, but I needed somebody to push me to do that. Um, and we said we'd reconvene in August, 2018 and we did. And when I reached out to my clinic, they still same one. They're like, okay, here's your protocol. Like literally didn't even ask to see me. I mean, I hadn't seen my actual doctor and probably like eight months. Okay. So 
I like, talked to a couple of people that was yeah. kind of a red flag. Like they're like, that's weird because mm-hmm. like you've been through kind of a few things now to where you'd think you'd want to run a test. Like yeah. I had not run a single test, nothing like no hysteroscopy, nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so another friend recommended a different um, clinic and I met with the doctor there I fell in love and just thought, okay, this, we need to make this change. The way they operated was that the doctor was actually doing every single one of my procedures, whether it was a sonogram and ultrasound, whatever it is, a flex, like everything they were there. Yeah. Um, whereas this other clinic was always a different nurse and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That might work for some people, you know, like, and, and, amazing if it does I just am a control freak and I needed my doctor to be able to see everything everything yeah. time so that I didn't have to like feel like I'm explaining it to five different people right um so that to me was kind of like a big reason why I switched was just the lack of um I just kind of felt like another number at that clinic whereas in this new clinic I felt like I was actually being seen yeah um and it was a really good move. We ended up doing our third retrieval. Um, this time, Nick and I decided not to test the embryos. It wasn't because our doctor suggested. He actually suggested to test them. But we kept hearing things like, well, sometimes mosaic embryos like work and this and that. So, you know, your age is kind of borderline. Maybe it'll be okay if you don't test. We ended up transferring for the third time. And actually, the embryo took. Um, which was amazing. We thought we like, we did it home run. Like it was the clinic. It's all of this stuff. And, um, we, we had three embryos and, at eight weeks we miscarried. Um, the heartbeat just stopped. We had seen the heartbeat at six weeks. And then Mm -hmm. at eight weeks when we were going to graduate, they, they couldn't find the heartbeat anymore. So that was, thank you. Yeah, that was, devastating, really, really hard. Um, I ended up having to take misoprostol pills to mm-hmm. induce the, um, the miscarriage. The problem is that I ended up having to do two and just blood and blood and blood and blood, like all through the night. Um, I ended up, they asked me to catch my own tissue and like bring it into the uh-huh. clinic. So I had to do that. It was all untestable anyway. Um, and my levels weren't coming down. And so three months later, I went into the clinic just to see what was going on because they were going down but very, very slowly. And it turns out I still had tissue. That happened to me too. Really? Yeah. And my doctor was like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. I'm like, no, something's not fine. You know, yeah, I'm still bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I had to do a DNC, which I'm sure you did too. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a DNC and I still oh, had tissue. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's like, I mean, I guess you never know. People always ask me, like, would I recommend taking that? I personally won't take that again if that ever happened again because I had to go into surgery anyway. Right. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. So we went in for that. Then I had to wait another month, you know, to start things back up again. I still had two embryos left, but because we miscarried, I was just worried that it might have been because of the embryo was abnormal. Mm. So we Mm. actually defrocked defrosted is that the right term yeah um, god yeah god like is that like <laughs> peas but yeah. we got out the two embryos sent them in for testing and they did warn us that this would lower their um you know their strengths and um we were okay with that because I just there was no way I was going into a transfer not knowing now I was just too yeah. paranoid so one came back abnormal one came back normal but the quality went down because it was thawed and refrozen again. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we transferred that one. It failed. So that was my fourth transfer. I was kind of done. Nick was like, let's do one more retrieval. Um, you know, this will be it. I, again, you know, took all the supplements. I started acupuncture, which this was different. Um, I had started it a few months before that and was going religiously like every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, did this retrieval it was my best retrieval yet, even though I was the oldest of my, yeah. you know, like, so sometimes age doesn't matter. I mean, it was only three years difference, but still, and ended up with three PGS normal embryos, which was so great, yes. um, more than I've ever had. And so we thought for sure it would work. So then August, 2019, we transferred our fifth transfer. It failed. Um, meanwhile, had already had two hysteroscopies. So I didn't, I just threw those in there. I had one before the miscarriage and then I had one a few months post DNC mm-hmm. to make sure. Yeah. So we weren't really sure what was going on. I went in and I had, um, an MRI, a pelvic MRI to see if I had like endometriosis or anything okay. else going on, mm-hmm. but I didn't find anything except for adenomyosis. Um, but just a small form of it. Um, and for those that don't know, like in, in, in easy terms, it's basically when your uterus doesn't look perfect. In other words, like there's some type of scratching or there's some like, you know, and my, my, my doctor kind of put it best. And he's like, look, most people that have had anything done to their uterus have some type of form of adenomyosis. Some people have it really, really strong and bad. And obviously like you would want to treat it, but at least your doctor is super thorough at this yeah, point, right? That's definitely. Great. We're doing everything we can. So because of that, they put me on letrozole for three months, um, which I wasn't happy about, but I was like, whatever, then we'll just continue with transfer after that. Um, did that. And it really wasn't that bad other than like night sweats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, by December, 2019, we were on our path to our sixth transfer. And now we've thought, okay, for sure, because we've literally done everything. Um, it didn't work. And where's your mindset with all of this stuff? Like, are you you talking to friends about this? Your therapist? Are you? So by, yes. So by my therapist, yes, I have always. And did she kind of understand the fertility aspect or were you like kind of letting her know this is how it goes kind of thing. Kind of letting her know this is how it okay. goes. I mean, okay. she, she's, she's very, probably very well versed in fertility now, right? <laughs> she is, yeah, she is. I mean, yes. she's very receptive to all of it. Um, but she definitely, yeah, she wasn't like a fertility specialized. Okay. Um, but we did get to talk to her and by October, 2019, I, that is when I started blogging and opening up because mm. I realized like, nobody really understood it. I needed to put it out there. I actually was just going to write a blog. And then a friend was like, you should probably put it on Instagram so people can find it. And I was like, okay, I guess. Um, and so that's how I started my beautiful blender because, um, I had just had like a personal account, but I wasn't going to put it on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just became my everyday account now, but, um, that's how I started that. And honestly, like finding support, finding the community, it was like night and day. I mean, it was crazy, like how important that was, you know? Yeah. Um, and I realized how many people were going through this, how many people had suffered losses, how many people, you know, were taking so much time to get to their, their rainbow or their baby. 
and actually following accounts that, you know, had taken more than one, um, more than one transfer to, to have their baby, like was really helpful for me. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm on my sixth one. Like, is there anybody else out there? Yeah. And I remember like, there was a couple that were on their seventh. I was like, okay, okay. And then they finally had their baby. And so it kind of like helped me continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, I don't have anybody around me that has to go through any of this. And so, just- and were you kind of going step by step or were you saying, okay, seven, that's all we're going to do or no, it was, all, it was always just a step-by-step, like, let's okay. see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Um, in my head, I was like, I was always, you know, like angry and I'm like, this is going to be it. And then obviously when it failed, you're just like, for me, it was always a question of like, cause my husband was always whatever you want to do. And he, but he'd always ask me like, well, are you going to be happy? Or are you going to be okay? Um, stopping or will you feel better if we continue? And Mm -hmm. I think that's, it's a hard question because obviously you're never okay if you have to stop. Um, But I know that I, I knew that I wasn't ready to just stop. I didn't think I would be at peace with that decision. Right. Right. Knowing that we also have the two embryos that were good left and we had one mosaic too. So we did the six transfer. still with the same second doctor at this second clinic, it didn't work. Um, where I think I was like the most depressed I'd been the entire time by then. I, I actually didn't even want to go forward with anything else at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like didn't want to leave the house. Like I just was crying every single day. Like my husband's like, I've never seen you like this. Granted, it's also been two years of hormones that, you know, get released from your body. And you, every time you, um, have to stop the protocol, like you're stopping all those hormones that to me actually always made me feel good and high. Mm -hmm. Um, so coming off of those was starting to get really difficult to like go up, 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 and then just come crashing down like so many times because I did, you know, so many transfers. I wasn't just like one a year. Right. Um, so I think that was really, really hard. Um, we ended up I was like, let's talk to another doctor um, because I really like him. And, you know, he seems to be a little more like just personality wise was matching, you know, they're in the same clinic. So it wasn't like somebody had a magic pill. Yeah. Um, And we did that. We ended up really connecting with him. He was just very like, this is how it is. He said something to me, something to me before I even said, yes, let's go forward with it. He said, look, some people just have really bad luck. And he's like, you've done everything you can. Like your file looks fine. Like, unfortunately you have unexplained infertility, but there's no reason why this shouldn't work. Cause we even said, should we just look for a surrogate? Mm-hmm. Not just again, I hate, that I hate that word. but you <laughs> that's know, the said, world we live in we, now. Should yeah. we move forward with a surrogate? Cause we're, you know, open to that. Um, I was totally ready for that. I think it's a beautiful option, system, yeah. but it is mm-hmm. difficult to make and obviously more expensive. So, um, but we were willing to do that. And he's like, no, he's like, there's really no reason why this shouldn't work. He's like, just give it a try. He's like, honestly, sometimes the coin just doesn't land on the right side. And the more you flip it, the more chances you have of it landing. And I don't know why, but that hit home for me because I think for so long I was searching for an answer and I had not been able to find it. And I didn't yeah. think I was going to find it that to just be like, it's a numbers. like a numbers game apparently yeah. for me, for me, yeah, it's not right. like that for everybody. Like I'm not saying right you know, but for me, that's what it was. It just really helped me 
have that optimism and um was he saying i'll change your protocol at all or anything different or was he just saying i i ended up having a huge list of questions and um um different suggestions that actually everybody on instagram had sent me and what i always what i always do with all of those because people are like oh i know you probably don't need this advice i'm like you can give it to me because I'm just going to be writing it down and asking the doctor. I never take every, anything to heart. And I'm not like, Oh, I should be doing this because ultimately I do think it's important to trust your doctor yeah. and trust the professionals that are, that are helping you along the way and really know you because let's be honest, most people on here don't really know me. Um, and, but all of the suggestions are really helpful because um, then you can take them to your doctor and then they can, you know, I don't know. I, maybe he would have, he would have said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's try that. But he explained to me why everything basically was a no for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the one thing I did say was like, look, the one thing that has been different for me is that my lining, every time we go to transfer is always pretty thin. I mean, it's Mm. like, it was always like below eight. And I know recently they've come up with studies saying like anything from like a seven to a I don't know anything between a seven and eight is totally fine to transfer. But I was like, maybe for me, it needs to be thicker, you know? Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I was like, I do want my lining to be at least a nine, if not a 10 before we transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did up my estrogen. I actually ended up doing in, um, estrogen injections along with progesterone uh-huh. injections instead of like the patches or the pills because I needed all that boost. Extra, and- yeah. Yeah. And so we did for you for advocating for yourself to say, because I always say now, like women are so educated on this mainly because of what you said, like we're all getting this information from other people too, which is so helpful. So like watch out doctors because we're coming in with ammo to to totally. Exactly. And, and I don't know if that's what, you know, ultimately worked. I think there's always a combination of things, but I don't think that that hurt me considering that it was always lower. Um, and so we did that and we went into transfer and, and, you know, this time I kind of went into with like, I don't know, just trying not to worry about too much. My doctor was like, go on a walk. Like you're fine. You can move. It's okay. He's like, you can even go to a spin class if you want. I'm like, no, I'm not going to take it that far. But, <laughs> but, you know, he's just of the mindset that like, you know, it's either going to work or it's not going to work and yeah. you've done everything you can up to that point. Um, and you got to just do what, keeps you sane. So whatever, you know, if you feel like just laying there, although they do suggest like moving because I know it helps with blood circulation. circulation. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so we did the seventh transfer. I was actually pretty excited. I loved my doctor. I felt connected to him. Um, I felt more at peace and we didn't go in thinking this was it, even though it was our last normal embryo, we just kind of went in thinking like, okay, let's just focus on this one. We'll talk about what happens if it doesn't work next. Um, and then we got the call and my first beta was at 525, which was amazing. Yay! Yeah. So, um, Nick actually left for Europe that day and literally a week later, the world shut down. So, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yikes. I know. It's so weird to think about that. I know. know. Oh, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. So we got pretty lucky in that we got in, you know, when we did and, um, you know, the pregnancy was totally fine. I had a subchronic hematoma, 
but mm-hmm. other than that, everything was smooth. Nick never was able to come with me to the doctor or anything. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucked because of course, after all that loss, you go into every appointment thinking there's something wrong. Right. Um, but he at least was able to be with me for the delivery, which was thank God. So, yeah, good. Which I know is a whole nother episode we can do because yeah, yeah, I (laughs) will circle back to that another time, but I do want to touch really quick on the SCH because it's so common and I have so many clients myself that have SCH and really, you know, it is a common thing. So I'm glad that you brought that up too, because as scary as it is, again, if you've had losses to see the bleeding and know that there's something else there. Um, but I know you got to run. Is there anything that you would share as advice for somebody who's going through it? And maybe they're on there four, five, six, seven, you know, transfer. Yeah. Um, I mean, a few things I think for one is definitely find that support system. Um, I honestly couldn't, I found a couple of friends that are still there for me today, but Aside from that, it was really like the, the online community. I know that sounds crazy, but it really is such a strong one. Um, yeah. And it just makes you feel like you're really not alone um, because even those super supportive friends weren't going through it. So like right. they didn't understand fully. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing is honestly just get therapy. Like even if you don't think you need it, you do. I don't know. I know that sounds so aggressive, but like it, it's not going to hurt at all. Um, and it's just going to give you an outlet to, you know, even talk about all the good, like that's fine too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I sometimes have good things to talk about. I'm still at therapy. My husband's still at therapy and we're still in it together also. So like, it's not something we just threw away. Um, I always say, even if it's a once a month, like preventative yeah, totally. situation that you just have on the calendar and it can be different. It can be a coach. It could be a therapist. It could be whatever exactly. works yeah. for you, but find that whoever totally. you align with. Yeah. Um, acupuncture, I still am going. Um, I was going once a week during treatments and I do think it helped emotionally. And I do think it helped mentally too, because well, emotionally, mentally, the same. I think it helped physically. And then it did help mentally because to me, it felt like I was doing something else to support um, the procedure to support, you know, all the treatments. And then obviously the pregnancy, because it was not just Western medicine. It was a little bit of both. Well, a lot of both. Yeah. Um, and honestly, she's also kind of like a therapist too. Cause I'd go <laughs> in and either I'd cry or, you know, and she knew, she kind of knew like what I was feeling. Right. Um, so those were all big tips that I would definitely do again if I was going through it again, which I might be going through again at some point. Oh, um, awesome. And just really listen to your gut, you know, and like speak your mind because you get, you honestly know yourself the best and no question is a dumb question. I mean, I know that's what you tell like, you know, a five-year-old, but it's so true. Um, because as adults, you kind of feel like, Oh, I don't know if I should be asking this, but definitely ask, you know, like the doctors are used to. It's a whole new world, a whole new language. It's a whole new like set point of what you need to learn. So nothing is. No, I mean, even like, you know, I would call and I was like, am I allowed to have an orgasm right now? Like I, I know, but like, you don't know, and you're freaking out about it. And it's like, might as well just ask. And they don't care. They're like, yeah, go ahead. Or like, no, probably not. You know? So, and it's business as usual for them. They don't even think twice about it. Exactly. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with the world and being such a, again, an inspiration and a light and such a positive 
Um, I don't even know. Every time I see a comment from you on Instagram, like like her words, they're just like so easy breezy, but like beautiful oh. every time and whatever. So please reach out and and look for her on Instagram and her beautiful family that's on her feed, which is so such a joy to see. So uh -huh. again, thank you for showing up in the world in the way that you do amongst your busy, busy life. So we are Thanks seeing you and are super grateful for your energy that you put out. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thank thanks again, so and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash pretty little tribe podcast for more information on how to enter any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.